Good afternoon, folk, and welcome to another Looking Up show on this absolutely delicious, glorious Wednesday afternoon here in the magnificent Walls End Studios of Faith <laughs> FM. Welcome, yeah, yeah, Charissa. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's a beautiful oh, day. It is a beautiful day. It's a happy day. day. It's a happy day indeed because today is a big day when there was a huge celebration taking place <laughs> in the... Fong family, the Fong family, there were great celebrations, there were pink balloons on this very day, 34 years uh, ago. thanks. <laughs> yeah. Sharissa, tell us what happened on this day 34 years ago. I was born. Oh. I was born. Hey, how exciting, how exciting, how exciting. Uh, it made it made news headlines back 34 years ago, yeah. did it? Maybe it didn't. Well, well it was a very early family. entrance into the world. I was born at 3 a.m. in the morning. 3 a.m.? <laughs> so, yeah, always early. Wow. So are you are you an early bird as a result? <laughs> not quite. But not quite. <laughs> not okay. that early. Not that early. Well, anyway, big happy birthday to Charissa Rachel. We much. are so happy pleased. Happy birthday. Absolutely. I might start singing happy, happy we birthday. We want to keep our listeners <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> That's how my dad would sing it. Happy birthday to you. Happy. Or well, no, happy. Yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> Talking about my dad, um, I was up uh, up in Queensland last week. That's why we couldn't have the program. If some of you tuned in and you're like, oh, what's happened? Where are they? We had a repeat. But um, I'm sure you enjoyed the repeat program. But last week I was up in uh, Brisbane for a funeral to do um and while i was up there caught up with my dad who um yeah just having a few issues sharissa he's 76 and yeah we're not quite sure what's the problem he had a quadruple bypass about uh six years ago Mm -hmm. and so they're not sure whether it's something heart related or what but anyway he's i told him just chill in the hospital enjoy the service and everything and God willing, they'll get to the bottom of that. Mm. It was really special. You could spend time with him. Yeah, it with, was. With uh, Father's Day too on the weekend. That it was. Had. It was. Actually, I was back before then. Oh. So, um, yeah, I had to come back oh, well, on the You Thursday. got to see him around. I got to see him. I got to see him. My dad, he, he forgets things. He forgets his birthday. He forgets Father's Day, unless I remind <laughs> him. So, um, yeah, he just gets so caught up on his property that he loves to work on. Well, folk, we are here today and we've got an exciting program for you. Have we ever? Amen. It's been a couple of weeks since we were on air, so we've got a lot to share. We've got news headlines in relation to Bible prophecy coming up shortly, and um, we're going to share with you in a little bit how you can get in touch with us through the phone number. We'll do that in the next segment, and how you can access some of these previous programs. But in the meantime, sit back and enjoy our first song for this afternoon, which is I'll Never Let Go of Your Hand. Know what you've been hearing I've seen you hide your fear Embarrassed by your weaknesses Afraid to let me near I wish you knew how much I long For you to understand No matter what may happen, child I'll never let go of your hand 
I know you've been forsaken by all you've known before. When you failed their expectations, they frowned and closed the door. But even if your heart itself should lose the will to stand, no matter what may happen, child, I'll never let go of your hand. The life that I have given you, no one can take away, 'cause I've sealed it. My spirit, blood, and word—the everlasting Father has made His covenant with you, and He's stronger than the world you've seen and heard. So don't you fear to show them all the love I have for you. I'll be with you everywhere. Everything you do, and even if you do it wrong and miss the joy I've planned, I'll never, never let go of your hand. Hope you enjoyed that beautiful song by Don Francisco. What a cool name! Wouldn't you have a? Wouldn't you love to have a cool surname like that, Francisco? Francisco. <laughs> That's just got such a beautiful ring to it. Yeah. Welcome to any folk who are joining us right now, and you have missed the introduction. I have to fill you in on what you have <laughs> missed. Um, you missed out on hearing that today. 34 years ago today was a huge, <laughs> Just say the age huge again. <laughs> day. I'm not so sure you're supposed to do the age part. <laughs> Did I say it was 34 years ago today? <laughs> Did I actually say that? Yeah. I wasn't supposed to. I wrote down, do not under any circumstances mention times and seasons. Danny, leave that alone. Leave that alone. Oh, I should have read those notes. <laughs> Oh, you can't take me anywhere, can you? You don't look a day older than 36. No, just kidding. No, big happy birthday to Sharissa. Can we have that big happy birthday again? Where is it? Here it is. Oh, 
Oh, there we go. I love it. I love it. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So, all right, there we go. Sounds like a traffic jam. <laughs> sounds like sounds like peak hour in India or in in Bangkok or one of those great yeah. large cities where it's literally like that all day long, mm-hmm. all day long. So, um, I was talking to a family that um, come from India and they were back home. They live in Kurumbong, which is like. Kurumbong doesn't even have a set of traffic lights, in case people are wondering. You know, you don't, haven't ever, haven't even heard of Kurumbong. It's here in Lake Macquarie, but not even one set of traffic lights. And anyway, so they go back home to visit their family in India and they said it was just noise from, from go to woe, you know, from before the sun got up till when before, you know, after the sun got down as far as traffic noise, horns beeping. All day, you know, mm-hmm. all day long. And it was just normal, you know, mm-hmm. it just, it's just normal. Um, and they said they came here and it was so weird. To come back <laughs> home and it was quiet at night and yeah. it was just quiet. It felt so, so, We're so very strange. Blessed. Yeah, we are. So anyway, big happy birthday, Sharissa. Thank you We're so much. We're very, very happy for you. And, um, so today, um, we have, yeah, we've got a lot of things to share. We, before we get into our current events, want to give you the phone number so you can connect with us. Um, if you'd like to, to ask a question, we don't have people asking questions for some reason. Um, we have people sharing comments, but we don't have too many questions coming it's true. in. So if we'd you, love to yeah, have Yeah, we'd love to have your questions. Yeah, certainly, by all means, um, send us a question. Um, or, or a comment or a prayer request. If you have a prayer request or you want to study the Bible with someone, mm-hmm. send that through and text that through on this number, which is 0488-17624. That's 0488-17624. That's the looking up number. Is that right, Shell? That's the looking up number. So um, put that in your phone and you can text us um, during the course of this prayer. We also have a giveaway. As always, we have a giveaway. We do. And we'll share a little more on that as we go along based on our program today. As well, for the folk that may have missed out on one or more of this series, how can they get hold of them, Sharissa? Well, they should simply go to the website, Faith FM website, and they should go to the Looking Up Show podcast section. You can have all the past episodes there. And you can even download an app, which makes it nice and easy. They should download the app. Yeah, and that way you can listen to Faith FM anytime. That's right. Anywhere. And you don't have to worry about the tower coverage. No, you don't. It's fantastic. So so download the app and you've got not only the Looking Up Show, but you've obviously got all the other programs that are, are on the are on the Faith FM network, including, including the greatest and grandest, latest Faith FM show from the one and only Shell. <laughs> Shell, you run an afternoon program, Afternoons with Shell. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that for our listeners that may not be aware of it because they'd want to tune in. Yeah, um, I'm just doing a bunch of music mainly. Um, so yeah, a break from all the chit chat, you know. From the waffle, from the waffle of the looking up show. (laughs) Not me, it's Charissa and her waffle. Mine's very good, solid content. (laughs) No. Yeah, no, it's really good. But, um, yeah, we just basically go through a bunch of songs together Mm -hmm. and yeah, I fill in some bits here and there with some nice little spiritual Mm. tidbits, but it's a good show. Yeah, we're in, I'm getting some good feedback from it so far. Okay, okay. And so it's on Thursdays? Thursday afternoon, 3.30 to 5.30. Yep, same Beautiful. time slot as you guys. Okay, Beautiful. and it's called it's called Afternoons with Shell? Yeah. 
Is it? Have they got it on the? Have they got it on the app yet? Have they got it on the website yet? No, it probably won't be podcasted because it's not enough. Because it's mainly music. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. So anyway, folks, if you want to listen Thursday afternoon, three thirty to five thirty, you'll hear from Shell. The one and only Shell. So she's our producer and she will produce her own. So you've only got yourself to blame if anything goes wrong, Shell. (laughs) At least I can blame Sharissa or you, um, which I tend to do all the time. (laughs) But no, it's great. So we wish you all the best with that. So, folk, you can tune in to that. So that's about all I need to share at this point in time. We're going to get into some current events. I'm telling you, there is no way we're going to be able to maintain just a 10-minute segment. That's all we've got before we have our next song. Sharissa, there is so much going on. There is indeed. In fact, you were telling me about one of the biggest headlines, I think, something about COP27. Oh, yes, COP27. Okay. So you want, so you want to go to the, the, want, the, the, the big one. She's like wants to take us to the big one. She well, wants to I take just us... hadn't heard of it myself. Okay. So. All right. <laughs> okay. Like, this well, is, tell me more. This is huge. This is huge. Okay. I think we're all aware of these climate change summits mm-hmm. uh, that have been happening for a while now. This is number 27. So I think they kind of kicked off somewhere back in 1990s, somewhere there, 1995. I think the first one might have been the Kyoto, the Kyoto Protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I haven't researched this. I'm just going off the top of my head, folk. Some of you are probably fact-checking. <laughs> <That's a bit laughs> <dangerous>. <laughs> exactly, at the best of times. When I'm reading stuff, that's, uh, I get things wrong, let alone when I'm going off the top of my head. Anyway, so this is COP27, and um, last year's one was in Glasgow. And they're generally held um, these days in the month of November. This will be between November 6 and 18. So world leaders um, come together with with business leaders, um, with religious leaders and so on and so forth. So it's a really big, big deal mm-hmm. because as, as we're hearing more and more on the news, I mean, it's just constant now, the climate change crisis, the climate crisis, climate catastrophe. We're hearing that over and over and over again. And we're going to talk about a couple of news stories, you know, that are making headlines right now that that people are jumping onto regarding the climate. And anyway, this particular climate conference happens to be in Egypt. Um, on wow. the, yeah, interesting. In Egypt, so Egypt is uh, is an Islamic nation. Mm-hmm. Um, as many of those northern African nations are, uh, so it's it's going to be it's going to take place. Now I'm there. looking at the website. It's yeah, yeah, pretty gonna, big. It is huge. Yeah, it's going to take place on the Sinai Peninsula mm-hmm. in um, Sham El Sheikh, beautiful spot there um, on the Red Sea in Egypt. And uh, so yeah, so there'll be this gathering. But what is really really fascinating mm-hmm. is that. We have an interfaith center for sustainable development. They're called also the Elijah Interfaith Institute. And they are having a two-day meeting, um, November 12 and 13, but in particular, Sunday, November 13. Now, this is unique because, um, as far as, as far as I'm aware, but uh, during the course of this um, climate change summit from the 6th to the 18th of November this year, they have set aside Sunday as a rest day. No meetings, um, no gatherings for people to focus on something other than the meetings that they're dealing with. And guess what they're going to be doing? There's a whole bunch of religious leaders 
Uh, key religious leaders, I'll just read it to you here. Religious communities and religious leaders have a key role to play in addressing climate change and climate justice, which requires deep transformation within society. It goes on. It says, um, to support this and challenge and an inspired discussion during COP27, um, a weekend event will be held at Mount Sinai, which I've been to the traditional Mount Sinai. We're not sure exactly if that was the place where God gave the Ten Commandments to, to Moses. Many believe it was even in Saudi Arabia. But anyway, beside the point, um, Mount Sinai, that will be heart-stirring, transformative, and a moment of inspiration for religious communities and for humanity. Check this out. This is reading from that statement. Never before has such an interreligious climate repentance ceremony have mercy. Mm, ding, wow. ding, ding. They're calling it a climate repentance ceremony being undertaken. Hmm. From this moment, an event, motivation for action emerges, calling for re-examination of deep-seated attitudes and for identifying ways to transform these attitudes for the well-being of earth, our common home. And it goes on and, and it speaks of, of what will be taking place. You know, this um, this climate repentance ceremony at Mount Sinai. I mean, there is no more significant place, you could say, um, in, in, as, as far as Christian, Judeo, Christian, and even, and, and even as far as the, the Muslims are concerned, than Mount Sinai. That really is the gathering place yes. of these three main religions because this is where God gave the Ten Commandments, the wow. covenant to Israel. Um, Amazing. And it's interesting there... What they're going to be doing there, they're going to be looking to create a, a climate justice document that will contain 10 universal commandments. <laughs> wow. In connection with climate justice. I wonder this, what the fourth one would be. <laughs> yes, this is huge. This is absolutely huge. Um, this is, this is part of the, the goals of the event, mm -hmm. this particular, you know, repentance summit. You know, this is phenomenal. Inspire and unleash the power of religions, religious leaders and faith communities as change agents for climate action and as sources for inspiring and motivating discussions among politicians and civil bodies. Mm. Okay. Motivate action among religious communities and the wider public to curb climate change. And it goes on. And they're saying because there's not going to be anything happening, as far as the COP20, COP27 meetings, the media will all be invited to come along. So the focus of the world will be on this Sunday event. Mm -hmm. Sunday event. Did I mention Sunday you event? Did. You did. <laughs> that it's set aside as a rest day at COP27 for the first time. As far as I'm concerned, it's a rest day. You can read it. You know, wow. if, if you go to the schedule, you'll see rest day wow. for the whole lot. And, um, and it says, yeah, um, so anyway, this is really interesting because if I could just give some background, and I shared this last year, but I mean, <coughs> people have probably forgotten. There's my Malenkov. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Never mind that. Anyway, uh, last year we had COP26 at Glasgow, right? Yep, yep. And many saw that as a flop. Okay, what they tried to achieve wasn't really achieved. And so there was a lot of disappointment, a lot of discouragement. It was built up as huge. You know what I mean? Even, you know, the former prime minister of the UK who opened the summit said, you know, it's 60 seconds to midnight. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember 60 that. 60 seconds to midnight. You know, yeah. we've got to deal with it. This is our opportunity. This one might be one of our, one of our last serious opportunities. Anyway, after that, there was an article that I remember reading where it said maybe, just maybe, the world needs to take on board Pope Francis's principles 
for climate change. Laudato Si, mm-hmm. or praise be, 2015. You know, his, his encyclical. Because it's not based on economics. It's based on ethics and based on spirituality and based on those deeper principles that override, you know, the, the pragmatics of economics and business and coal and gas and renewables and so on and so forth, going deeper to the very heart of caring for our home based, on a, based from a biblical framework. So they're saying, really, that's the only way forward. Otherwise, we're going to continue to meet together and be disappointed time and time again. And here we are at Mount Sinai. That's amazing. You you tell us what you think, sister. Well, I think this is prophetic. I think it's a fulfillment of prophecy. I think it's heading where prophecy says it's heading where prophecy is saying. It's heading. very significant, really. It's, it's huge. another huge step towards uh, what the Bible says will be happening. So it's exciting to to know that. God's word is just as true as it has ever been, and absolutely, and uh, it's an exciting time to be alive. So, so Sunday, and we've talked about this in the past, and we'll talk yeah. about it. We'll talk about it a lot more in the future because this we is not will. slowing down. This train is not slowing down anytime soon. And so, what we're discovering is that there's more and more um, talk out there in the media um, amongst the politicians regarding set. Climate. We need to set aside a day for the sake of the climate, Amazing. for the sake of the family, and uh, for the sake of our home. We're going to yeah. have no home very soon, and we're going to talk about um, some things that are happening after the news, and in a little bit, some more headlines that illustrate where we're at. And so they're saying we have to change tack. We have to find a different way to solve this climate crisis that has gripped our world. And so this is playing into what Revelation talks about because it's interesting. The seven last plagues, the first four are all climate-related. And and, and the first one's disease. The next three are um, climate-related, climaxing with the sun. The fourth one. Fantastic. Incredible. Anyway, we've got got to go to the news. Heaps more to share, but we've got a song, then the news in the heart of Jesus. Enjoy the news, and then we'll be back with some more. Amen. In the heart of Jesus, there is love for you.
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. The Breakfast Show, bits worth repeating. He said, no, I'm not going to give up on you. I'm going to keep praying. And he says, if you hang up on me, I'll pray twice as hard. (laughs) Yeah, wow. Okay. That's a unique approach, but I like it. He never, ever stopped pushing that day. He just said, no, I don't care what you say. I know that I'm here talking to you for a reason. Instead of saying no, I eventually gave in and he prayed. He asked God to take my pain and to take my anxiety, all the things that seem cliche to Christians. But I think when you have a definitive moment in time where you know you became a Christian, this would have to be my moment. This was a segment from The Breakfast Show. Join in each weekday morning here on Faith FM. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. It's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. This is Air News. Look Looking up show on this glorious Wednesday afternoon, this um, first or second, I think, Wednesday afternoon in spring. Amen. Yes, we are. I love spring. I love spring. We have a spring in our step, don't we? We do. Every time spring comes around. Everything just feels a little bit better at this time of year. It certainly does. The days are longer. The days are getting warmer. The birds are more chirpy. People are having birthdays. It's just so exciting. It's just so exciting to be alive (laughs) in spring. It is. It is. And uh, we've had a few people texting you. Oh, have we? Comments. Um, David Edgar, you mentioned a song by somebody, Francisco. I think it was Don Francisco. Francisco. Yeah. He said, so long as your name is not Sam Francisco. Oh, oh from, that's a good dad joke. From the movie Alien Nation. <laughs> I love it. And uh, Maggie, she says, happy birthday, Sharissa. You won't forget this one with Danny Sheree. No, I won't. <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> and she says, she's obviously been listening to your program, Shell. She says, Shell's program is great. Yeah. Good to hear from you guys. Almost as good as the Looking Up show. Is that what it says <laughs> next? No. No. <laughs> All right. Any other comments? No, that's all so far, but we've got three listeners. Oh, so there's three <laughs> listeners out there, which is fantastic. Amen. So, yeah, keep them coming. We'd love to hear your comments, your questions, yes. and greetings. Happy birthday greetings. Certainly today <laughs> is the day. And, um, yeah, folk, in case in case uh, you're not quite sure why we call this show Looking Up, apart from the importance of looking up in general, but Jesus <laughs> said in Luke 21, 28, Jesus said, when you see all these things come to pass, speaking of the signs of his, of his return, the things that we talk about on this show each week, he said, look up because... Your redemption draweth nigh. Exactly. Jesus uh, is coming soon. Absolutely. So as we share these headlines with you, as we do these Bible studies, this ought to help us to know that obviously each day we're getting closer and closer to the coming of Jesus. We know that. It has to be. But we are seeing those labor pains intensifying in frequency and intensity. And that's just, yeah, just we're really encouraged by that because that means Jesus... we. The way things are going, I believe, Sharissa, unless God has to put the handbrake up, but from what we are seeing around us, 
Jesus will come in our lifetime. If we live to be three score and ten, as the Bible says, yeah. we'll be seeing him face to face. How exciting. Praise the Lord. And um, on that note, should we mention the free offer? Today? Yeah, go for it. I don't it. know how many copies we have, but uh, maybe we can tell them in the next break. Uh, look, it's Charissa's birthday today, so she's <laughs> willing to supply as many oh, really? offers as needed. <laughs> how, many of, how many copies of this offer do we have? We've got three. We've got three, three. So this is the book that we're giving away today is America in Prophecy. Mm-hmm. And it's a compilation by an author named Ellen G. White. And uh, I think we'll give the code word away later in the program, but that's just something for you to be keeping the phone number for in this program. Because, mm. uh, yeah, America in Prophecy. Today we're going to talk a little bit about that. We are We indeed. are going to talk a little bit about that. So um, while we're talking about America in Prophecy um, – some of our listeners may have tuned in this last week to the news, and they would have realised that a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of significant speeches um, took place. One by the current president of the United oh. States of America. Yeah, that would be Joe Biden. Joe Biden, just testing you. <laughs> and the other one, a couple of days later, by the former president. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. The and Trump resounded. Yes, he, he, he had his, what do you call it, when the person um, has their um, rebuttal or whatever that's it's right, called. That's right, that's right. Anyway, he had his say. And, um, yeah, Joe Biden, his message went for about 23, 24 minutes or so. And Donald Trump, in true Donald Trump fashion, went for an hour and 54 minutes. So if anyone complains about the length of your sermon, say, look, <laughs> those supporters were willing to stand and listen to Donald Trump for nearly two hours. Wow. You can sit and listen to me share on the Word of God for like 45 minutes or an hour. True. True, true, true. Anyway, it was really, it was really interesting because um, the speech by the, the President, mm-hmm. uh, Biden, both of them actually um, had their speeches in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. Wow. Now, you know what the significance of that is, don't you? Yeah, brotherly love. Yeah, brotherly love. Yes, indeed. You're going biblical right Sorry, up, right? No, yes. You tell me, you tell me. Okay. Pennsylvania, um, Philadelphia is the place where the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, uh, I didn't the, that. Um, what do you call it? Um, oh, the big, the other big document, um, We the People. Um, uh, yeah. Constitution, Declaration, Bill of, Rights. Declaration of Independence. Yes, yeah. beautiful De- document. Yes, absolutely. Those godly documents. Um, that's where they were framed. Um, that, that's where they were drafted, and so on and so forth. There. So that's a very significant place in American history. Anyway, uh, President Biden. Um, yeah, he had this speech. The backdrop was pretty phenomenal. We talked about the the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. And some of the strange things that took place there, that Baal worship, mm-hmm. you know, that was just like in your face and some of the strange colours and so on. This was like blood red kind of red, red kind of colours background. It was a real eerie yeah. kind of stage that, that President Biden had for his speech. Um, but anyway, basically, uh, beyond that, he referred to Donald Trump and the MAGA supporters as a threat to the republic and to democracy. Is that so? Yeah, he just came flat out and said it. Like just out of the blue, he called this. Um, he called this. Uh, I guess speech. Uh, like as as in he organised this speech. Makes them like terrorists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he didn't quite say that, but yeah, basically he was saying they're a threat to democracy. He was mm-hmm. like maligning them, and I mean, obviously Republicans. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? In general, even though he didn't say Republicans in general, he was very specific, but. But where I'm going with this is that this 
is creating further polarization and division in the United States of America. Right. And for some time now, I've been, I've been sort of tuning into some of the news networks and they're speaking of a potential civil war. Really? Yeah, down the track. I mean, mm. if this carries on, um, if there's this growing polarization and division, which is right. it's huge in the United States of America, it's absolutely huge. Unless you live there, you've got no idea. Um, it, the, the, the country is so polarized. And then, and then, um, Donald Trump, a couple of days later, he had his turn, as I shared earlier, and he referred to Biden as the enemy of the state. Wow. President Biden as the enemy of the state. I mean, you know, we've got some stuff that happens in Australian politics, you know. They call each other names at times, but we don't go to that length. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so this is really fitting in with Bible prophecy because Bible prophecy says that the United States of America will be at the very center of end-time prophecy. Mm-hmm. That's where the train's going to really get going from. That's the station, the United States of America. That's right. And, um, and so the United States of America is, is at a very precarious place. And it was a really interesting article um, that came out, and this was in the Jerusalem Post, August 24, and this was the headline, Is God Punishing the United States of America? Hmm. Really fascinating. And um, the, I'll, I'll just read a little bit here, and it says, I'm certainly not one to dare assume to know what goes on in the mind of the God I believe in and consider it a bit arrogant to go down that path. Nevertheless, at the risk of being labelled an old fool, it is a challenge for me to believe that the series of plagues, like in Mm -hmm. Talking Marks, that have befallen the United States of America of late are not part of some heavenly master plan. Wow. Goes when on. was this published? This was published August August twenty four. Not that long ago. August twenty four. So just a, a couple of weeks ago or so. Yep. It says from the end of World War Two and for seventy years thereafter, America worked the triumph of democracy and freedom over fascism and national land grabs energized the American body politic to take responsibility and rebuild the world after the devastating losses. And it goes on and, and it speaks about that. And then after that, it goes on and says, why has America and its role as the world's police begun to fall apart? I'm just going to read the headlines. A U.S. civil war between Republicans and Dem- Democrats, which I mentioned earlier. He, he talks about, you know, these this growing polarizations. The U.S. mass shooting crisis and gun ownership, the catastrophic weather in the U.S. and I'm just reading the I'm just reading the headlines yeah, of this yeah. article, and he goes on. He talks about it. Um, um, where are we here? American homeless crisis. Check this out. I've got to share this. This is this is the home of the of of the free land and the of land the of the free and the home of the brave. That's it. Land of the free and the home the of the brave. This is huge. Okay, <laughs> check this out. He says. Add to this, uh, regarding the homeless crisis, add to this the homeless situation where in California alone there are more than 161,000 homeless, according to the U.S. Interagency Council on Homelessness. Mm. Right behind California is New York with 91,000 homeless people, a large percentage of whom are in fact sleeping on the street. He says no other Western country has the number of street people at that level. Mm. This is... This is the country that God has blessed more than any other nation upon whom the sun shines, as, as Ellen White once wrote um, regarding the United States of America. So this is incredible. And then why, he goes on, why, why this bad and why, except for corona, only in the U.S. talks about, you know, corona, how, that, how the United States got hit more than almost anybody else. Um, and then he goes on and he says, maybe it's time for Americans to turn to prayer in crisis. Mm. <laughs> 
It says it would not be the first time in history that prayer was invoked on behalf of a country. And he goes on and talks about, you know, he, he gives some examples regarding that. But as I read through this article, you know, it was so fascinating to see that um, this author, he's a Christian, he's mm-hmm. writing the Jerusalem Post, he's saying, could it be that God is trying to get the attention of America to turn back to God. Mm-hmm. We have walked so far from God. We have turned our backs on God. We have turned our backs when it comes to, you know, uh, the sacredness of life, mm-hmm. the sacredness of the biblical portrait of marriage. We have turned our backs on what is good. We have called it evil. And what is evil, we are calling it good, to quote scripture. And God is now punishing us to get our attention, as God did back in Old Testament times, yeah. when God tried to get the attention of his people. He allowed who, calamities yeah, to come. He allowed calamities to come in order that they may turn back to God. And more and more politicians, especially in the Republican Party, um, are saying we need to turn back to God. We mm-hmm. need to turn back to God. We need prayer back in the schools. We need the commandments to be the template for our society. Mm. And this is all playing into... Revelation 13, and as the pendulum will swing, because Revelation 13 describes the pendulum swinging. Daniel 11 talks about that as well, Mm -hmm. from a secular to a very spiritual mindset. Well, we certainly have swung all the way out in some ways of godlessness and uh, turning our backs on God's ideals and God's definitions and God's ways. But, uh, yeah, like you said, it's a pendulum, and it's going to swing back the other way to a religious it is. It is. So, so that's where we are heading. So that's really, really interesting. And, um, you know, going back to, you know, the whole climate crisis that we talked about earlier, I didn't mention this earlier, but it was interesting before COP26, um, Pope Francis, who, who, you know, the Bible speaks of, of, of the Church of Rome teaming up with the United States at the end of time. We've talked about all that and Biden and Pope Francis being, you know, on the same page. But anyway, Pope Francis invited the world's leading religious figures that make up 80% of the world's population to the Vatican before COP26 last year. Remember that? We talked Mm -hmm, about that. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was the first ever gathering of so many religious leaders, and they all signed that document regarding climate change and the responsibility of the religious bodies on this planet. Because the majority of people are religious. Mm -hmm. They've got some religion in the world. They're not secular. They're not atheist. They're not agnostic. The majority of the almost 8 billion people on the planet are religious. That's true. They believe in a God or they believe in some hyper... Christianity is on the decline in Australia. That's right. According to the latest census. It is, it is. But, uh, but, um, but yeah, people are religious. And they're not necessarily against. No. Well, they're open still. No, that's exactly right. So anyway, there, there's a few other interesting things I need to share on the climate thing, like oh, what's happening in Africa, this climate crisis. Oh, what's happening um, there? Well, the Horn of Africa. Somalia. Yeah, Somalia, Kenya, Somalia, Ethiopia, you know, Eritrea, some of these places. Um, they are having the worst drought um, in almost 40 years. The worst drought in almost 40 years. Um, the last time a horrible drought happened in 2010, 250,000 people died of starvation. Wow. And they're saying that for four years, the rains have failed uh, to materialize there in Kenya, Somalia, and Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. You know, and they've left the region facing catas- catastrophe this year. And mm-hmm. so this is in Africa. Guess where the climate COP27 is being held? In Egypt. Africa. Yeah. Africa, Egypt. So this is interesting. This is all sort of happening at the same time. And it says, you know, 
has forced 1.1 million people from their homes searching for food and water. And it says, you know, the world needs to act now to protect the most vulnerable communities from the threat of widespread famine in the Horn of Africa. And, you know, climate change is the thing that's um, is, is coming to the fore. And they're saying, you know, if we don't do something, um, there are up to 22 million people that are in danger mm-hmm. of being ravaged by famine. Wow. This is phenomenal. Well, Jesus even said, didn't he, in Matthew 24, that mm. one of the signs that we are seeing converging along yeah. with all the other things we're talking about, that there would be famines Absolutely. in various places. Absolutely. And not to mention Pakistan, you know, one mm. third of the country underwater. Um, and, and there's going to be a famine there as well because wow. that one third that's underwater provides for more than half of the food supply for Pakistan. So we're looking at very serious issues and um, this is all converging. So the pressure is building for a solution. And so, yeah, we're going to look at some more. Yeah, watch this space. We'll come back with some more after this. America's bluegrass band, Beulah Land. Enjoy. I'm kind of homesick for a country to which I have never been before. No sad goodbyes up there. Time won't matter anymore. Beulah land, I'm longing for you. And someday on the I'll stand. Shall be eternal 
Beautiful song, isn't it? Yes. Hasn't it got a beautiful voice, eh? That was a very beautiful bluegrass song. Beautiful indeed. Blue <laughs> Made grass. you feel like you're watching green grass. <laughs> Absolutely. What a special day it is today, oh, Sharissa. It's a special very day. special day. Thirty-four years ago. No. <laughs> <laughs> One more time. <laughs> No. And Margie and Dave have texted oh, him too from the log Dave. cabin. Oh, Happy birthday! They say they they're, they're our regular listeners. Yeah. I bump, I met them in person. Did they're you? a beautiful couple. Yeah, they go oh. to the Reedy Creek Church. I was there to run a a, a Saturday, Friday night, Saturday program. Uh-huh. You know, just to encourage them along to keep sharing the good news of the gospel. And um, they were there, and they told me they listen, and um, they give God out. God bless them. They give out. Yeah, they're <laughs> wonderful people. Wonderful people. Good to have you listening. Anyone who listens to me is is fantastic. I should mean, we this. Should we tell them about the code word? Oh yes, yes, we have a code word. Do you so the book? I'll tell them the book. You tell them the code right. word. Fantastic. So a reminder: we have three copies of the book America in Prophecy. It's a compilation by an author named Ellen White. Mm-hmm. Her writings, I think, were written over a hundred years oh, ago. Well, yeah? over a hundred years ago. And uh, but her writings are like she's writing about today. And she's actually no, like she's writing about tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally, she's like ahead of the game. She's ahead of the game. And so if you're interested in what the Bible says about America in prophecy, you can be one of the first. If you're one of the first three, this book is yours. And the code word is... Prophecy. Amen. P-R-O-P-H-E-C-Y or whatever. Oh, no, no you got no, to spell it properly. Yeah, sorry, I was <laughs> going to say, do a Danny spelling. No, don't do a Danny spelling. Do a proper spelling. P-R-O-P-H-E-C-Y. Prophecy. Right. Text that word. The studio number here is 0488-17624, and you will be in the running. Absolutely. So um, we've got three, haven't we? We have three. That we're giving away. Fantastic. All right, my friend. Well, just a couple more things before we get into our Bible study today. Yes. Um, where we're going to take a look at a very interesting subject, a very interesting subject indeed. So um, I'm looking forward to Sharissa leading us through that. But just a couple more things. Um I, I did a sermon on Sabbath and I talked about hunger stones. Have you heard of hunger stones, Sharissa? No, I haven't. I've heard of kidney stones. You've heard of kidney stones? We haven't heard of hunger stones. This is really fascinating. Like, mm. you know how we've talked about this um, um, famine, not, not a famine, but this drought in Europe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's one of the worst in 500 years. Do you remember that? Yes. We've talked about that. It's been, it's been on the news. Yeah. Anyway, as the rivers are going down, all sorts of things are being discovered, including what has become known as hunger stones. Now, I'll tell you what hunger stones are. I'll read it from this um, article from The Guardian, August 19. As Europe's rivers run dry in a devastating drought that scientists say could prove the worst in 500 years, their receding waters are revealing long-hidden artifacts from Roman camps to ghost villages and Second World War shipwrecks and the so-called hunger stone at Dechen, which is there in... um, in oh, what's that country called? I've, I've forgotten what the country is called now. Um, there in, in Czechoslovakia, there I had a blank. Anyway, and and on these hunger stones, they have messages that have been written 
um, for future generations, warning future generations of the famine and hardship likely to follow each time they become visible. Mm-hmm. So every time you can see the hunger stone, they're in the wall of the river because the river's gone so oh, low. Yes. The river's gone so low. That makes this, sense. This is a sign that tough times are ahead. And one particular hunger stone from 1616, okay, so 400 years ago, this is what it had on it. It's, it's in written in German, okay, but I won't read the German because I'll totally botch it up and people won't even know. There could be some German listeners out there and they'll be like, this is bad German. <laughs> anyway, in English... It says, if you see me, then weep. If you see me, then weep. So if you can see me, Mm -hmm. that means it's a bad drought and things are pretty tough. Now, obviously, 1616 to today, it's a very different world. You know, we've got dams. We've got a whole heap more um, at our disposal when it comes to being able to navigate through these horrible droughts. So that is why it's not as catastrophic as it was 400 years ago. Mm-hmm. But, but, but it was interesting to, to just read that. And, um, you know, if you see me, then weep. And you know what I was thinking, Sharissa? What? I would write on there today, if you see me, look up because your redemption is drawing near. Amen. If you see me, look up because your redemption is drawing near. Well, those hunger stains are showing. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a few other things just quickly um, that I just want to point out, and that is, yeah, uh, you know, Europe. Europe is preparing itself for a potential very cold winter in this energy crisis because the Russians have turned off that main gas supply into Germany and possibly other countries. I think it's called Nord Stream mm-hmm. or whatever it is. I've turned that off completely. And um, so they're, they're looking to save as much as they can, energy and gas. The prices have gone through the roof. And so the situation's really, really bad, potentially in Europe. And they're going to be heading into their winter. It's interesting because it seems like the climate is going to more extremes in every corner of the globe. Justin's family, they've got a heat wave there in California yeah. today at 50 degrees. They're, what? Yeah, Celsius? Yeah, our Celsius. They're wow. over 110 Fahrenheit. I think. 50? Mm-hmm. That's wow. hot. And That's... so they've got droughts over there. And then here we keep seeing news headlines about, you know, this La Nina bringing more yeah, rain. Yeah, more rain. We're going to have another year of another summer of rain. floods potentially. Yeah, and yeah, we've yeah. seen enough of that here. And then yeah. you're telling me what's happening in Europe. So it's interesting. So wherever you look, so there's floods in some places, there's famines in others, there's droughts in others, there's an energy crisis. And it's there's inflation. Everybody. There's inflation. There's 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 morality that's that's gone down the toilet. To, to yes. you know, um, you know, parents don't have the rights to take care of their children the way they ought to, according to scripture. Um, then on top of that, you know, we've got interest rates yep. going up. Like yep. just yesterday, you know, gone up another half a percent. So people two years ago or so, um, the, even last year, that took out that took out you know huge mortgages to pay for their homes or whatever or properties were promised either, I think it was towards the end of last year, they were promised by the Reserve Bank Governor and there's a bit of an uproar over this, that interest rates are likely to stay put till 2024. Wow. So we're in 2022. Okay, so people took out massive thinking that things were going to be normal and okay and all of a sudden things have gone through the roof. And so not to mention that that petrol excise Mm -hmm. is going to be coming off the shelf at the end of September. Mm -hmm. So life is getting pretty tough. So anyway, there's a whole bunch more other things. But I do want to finish off with this Time magazine. Your favourite magazine. My favourite magazine. I got it in the post yesterday, right? And I started whinging and complaining to my daughter. 
um, I'm like, far out. I'm going to cancel my subscription to Time Magazine. because No I, way. No, th- no, I was thinking that. And I said that to her. <laughs> That's a rather extreme because, thought. Because the front cover, the front cover was TV's biggest bet. And I'm like, and they had these actress, these actresses and these two actors, you know, five individuals. And, like, I don't watch, you know, any movies and TV kind of thing, so I don't know who's who. Anyway, it had, um, then I read the subtitle. This is front cover of this latest Time magazine, Inside the Secretive and Big-Hearted Lord of the Rings prequel. I've heard of the Lord of the Rings. Uh-huh. The most expensive show ever made. Wow. Now, Lord of the How Rings. Much? Filled with spiritualism. The first episode, anyway. The, the title of the story, Inside, One Show to Rule Them All. One Show to Rule Them All. Okay. A billion dollars. Wow. One billion dollars <laughs> wow. for eight episodes of the first season, according wow. to what my daughter told me. But anyway, the first season, it after five be. years of development, there's been no other series on television that has cost one billion dollars. Now, I've never watched this um, program or, you know, read the books or anything so what's it about Tolkien well oh look I haven't either I haven't even but all I know is it's spiritualism there's magic there's witchcraft there's sorcery there's all that stuff that um, God has forbidden in scripture so that's mm-hmm. why I'll never go anywhere near it you know mm-hmm. but it's interesting that um, according to the publishers um, the fourth best selling book in history behind only the Bible Mao's little red book which I'm assuming is on communism. And the Quran is Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. Wow. So you think about this. This is actually huge because we know that, that spiritualism and Sunday worship are going to be the two big issues at the end of time. Spiritualism, which, which involves you know, the state of the dead, the false view of the state of their spiritualism, which is witchcraft, um, sorcery, magic, and so on and so forth. That will lay the foundation for the final crisis, mm. which will be Sunday worship. Yeah, and which will be legislated at the end of time. So you know? interesting, isn't it? And spiritualism isn't just about um, talking to the dead. No, no, but no, it's no, about no. taking. Well, I guess a disregard for what God says. That's right. It's modern spiritualism. That is, isn't it? yes, that is. But but it's become mainstream. You yes. think of all the movies in the last twenty years. So many of the big blockbusters. They are spiritualistic. The cartoons, children's yeah. cartoons. Disney. You know, Disney. Well, Disney is just rife with it. Disney is rife with it. Then you have like Harry Potter and so on and so yeah. forth. So Satan is working overtime to set the stage through spiritualism in all its forms for his final deception because Revelation. Jesus talked about signs and wonders to deceive even the very elect. And so this is really fascinating. So, yeah, this, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm thinking, wow. So you're going to keep your subscri- subscription I'm going to keep it. <laughs> the, 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 this was so prophetic. I didn't realize still, it. It's still giving you signs of the times. Absolutely. Well and truly, signs <laughs> of the times. And so this is telling us that we are on track, folk. Whichever way you crunch the numbers, we are on track to see the final events of Bible prophecy unfold no potentially doubt. before our very eyes. Everything's Absolutely. set in place. We should have no doubt that um, that the Bible is telling us the truth when it talks about these things at the end Absolutely. of time. And, Absolutely. And uh, in light of that, what would you recommend to our lead, uh, our listeners? You know, what should they be doing? They should be spending time in the Bible. They should be spending time in prayer. They should be spending time sharing with their yep. friends and their family. And uh, they ought to be looking up, of course. And I believe that this is a time to 
This is the time to read a book that we've been recommending on various occasions, the book The Great Controversy that you, you spoke of, the author, Ellen White. Yes. She actually talks about this, and I've been reading it, you know, um, most mornings I read a bit of it, you know, and it's just fascinating. That book written more than a century ago, written in the 1880s. Um, and so that book will give you so much understanding, not only on what's happening now, where things are going, but how we but, got there. But how we got there from the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD, which is where our Bible study has been, mm-hmm. all the way through to the end of time and to when God will eradicate sin and suffering. So that book, great controversy. You can get it online. Um, you can listen to it. Um, you can get a hard copy if you need to, but yeah, get hold of that book, The Great Controversy, written by Ellen White. Amen. And actually, the free offer that today is we're giving away, America and Prophecy, I'm pretty sure some of the uh, content of oh, that it is. book it is. is taken directly from The Great Controversy. So it is. It we've is. already given away, I think, one or two here. There might still be one copy yeah, left. So absolutely. Prophecy. Absolutely. Prophecy is the word to text to our number, 04888 and it's a prophecy with a C, not an S. Yeah, with a C. Some okay. people, and, yeah. and check this out, Sharissa. I was just looking at it today. Just wanted to check the, the headings of the great controversy. Yes. Chapter 35 is liberty of conscience threatened. Chapter yes. 36 is the impending conflict and so forth. But guess what chapter 33 and 34 were? Can our dead speak to us and Satan's final deception or yeah. Satan's deception yeah. on the state of the dead and spiritualism? It's literally before... The chapter's dealing with the final crisis. We're and right we here at are the end seeing, of the book. And yeah, we're right at the end of the book. And we are seeing for the last 20 years the preparation mm. for those final events through spiritualism. We are seeing that. I just shared that front cover of Time magazine. Amazing. And so we, yeah, everything's just coming to pass and um, it's just incredible. It is. And, you know, Revelation, you know, chapter 13 describes what the future holds for it us. Does. And uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about that in a few moments. But it's also exciting. Revelation 14 has God's battle strategy, mm. his, his strategy at the end of time mm-hmm. to send the gospel to the world. And it's yep. the three angels' messages exciting. coming through radio, through the internet, through word of mouth, through. All kinds of ways that God because is God will have the final say. He will. And, his three and he will triumph. And he will triumph. And those who are on his team will have the victory at the end of time. And that's Praise exciting. God. That is exciting. Amen. Well, we were going to get into our Bible study this segment, <laughs> but that's not going to happen. It's definitely going to happen in the next, in the next segment. It's going to be um, a short one. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, so we've got so we've got a couple more segments. So we'll be going through that study, which you're going to really enjoy in a little bit. But in the meantime, Sit back and listen to the Forbes family. I must tell Jesus, and I hope and pray that's what we'll all aim to do, to tell someone about Jesus. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. My distress he kindly will help me. He ever loves and cares for his own. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Tell 
Don't you love those words, Charissa? Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. I must tell Jesus. Timeless words. Timeless words. There they are. And um, look, if ever there was a time for us to come to Jesus, it's now. To heed that invitation in Matthew 11, you know, 28 to 30, where Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen. You know, take my yoke upon you and... Take upon, sorry, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm meek and gentle in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. And you know what? No matter what's going on around us, if we have Jesus Christ in our hearts and in our lives, we don't need to be afraid. That's what Jesus said. Uh, yep. In fact, in my sermon on Sabbath, I shared the words from Jesus in John 16, 33, 32 and 33, where Jesus says, you know, um, you know, you will all leave me. I'm sort of paraphrasing. You will all leave me, but um, I'm not alone. The Father is with me. He says, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In me you will have peace. Amen. So that's what we're going to be talking about in this Bible study. Yes. Um, we're going to be talking once again about um, what Jesus said would be taking place at the end of time as we prepare for his soon return. And so... Nothing to be afraid of if we have Christ in our vessel. Like that song, you know, with Christ in the vessel, I can can smile smile at at the the storm. storm. I was about to sing it, but I won't (laughs) because we'll ruin the program. So, yeah, with Christ in the vessel, we can smile at the storm. Now, Sharissa, we have that free offer before we get into our Bible study. I'm looking here at what's come in, and I think they're all gone. What? Well, I think all I think everybody. Oh, they're gone already. All of, we've got three winners already. Wow! So praise fan, the Lord. Praise Congrats the Lord. Well, to all of you. Well, I'll save time on promoting <laughs> that. But anyway, if you want to get in touch with us, yeah. comment, question. I'm not sure if any other comments and questions have come through. No, no. Uh, there haven't <laughs> been. So if you or a birthday greeting for Sharissa, today's the big day when. 
Oh, I won't say. Uh, <laughs> I won't say how many years ago because no, you just you just don't do we've that. We've already done oh, it a few oh. times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the number, our looking up number is 04-888-17624. That's 04-888-17624. So send us a message and we would love to connect with you. Otherwise, you've got a prayer request, let us know. We'd love to pray for you or any other request that you may have. Okay. All right, Sharissa, my friend. All right, so we are continuing our Bible study in we Matthew twenty-four, indeed. and uh, we're we're going to talk a little bit more about, I guess, verse twenty-four of Matthew twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, uh, should we open with prayer? We shall. We should. Would you, you like me? To open? Okay. Father in heaven, we thank you again for the blessings of this day, for the opportunity to come together here on radio, um, and with all of our listeners, wherever they may be listening from, Lord to connect with you, to connect with your word, to to see how we have a more sure word of prophecy as we see the things taking place around us. Lord, our hearts are warmed with the with the realization that your coming is drawing ever near. And we're just so excited about that. Like the Apostle John, we cry out, even so come Lord Jesus. Lord, Guide and lead us as we open your word. Give us wisdom and understanding through your Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, yes, amongst all these signs that you and I have been discussing so far in the news headlines on on this program today, another sign that Jesus talks about and refers to twice in Matthew chapter 24 is this sign of false prophets Mm. coming, Mm -hmm. you know, taking up, the stage a little bit here. And so we want to talk a little bit about the about this, but mm-hmm. also what the Bible well, the false prophet. We're going to talk about that too yeah. and what what talking what we mean by that. So maybe we can read here uh, just a couple of scriptures. Mm-hmm. The first one is Matthew chapter twenty four and I believe it's verse nine and uh, verse eleven. Verse, verse eleven. Yeah and then verse twenty four. And verse twenty four. Would you read those sure, for us? Sure. Uh, Jesus said then many false prophets will rise up and deceive <coughs> Excuse me, that's the Malenkov again. <laughs> many. Okay, that's Matthew twenty four eleven. I'll, I'll start again. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Mm-hmm. In verse 24. Yes. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Very interesting, isn't it? Mm. So these false prophets, they don't appear, you know, in isolation. They are either secular prophets or silly secular that, you know, who pro, who talk about silly secular events. These are prophets that are very spiritually related, in mm. fact, directly related to Jesus. They try yes. and claim to be Jesus, in fact, himself. And the Bible tells us what we should do when we meet a false prophet. <laughs> in fact, Jesus doesn't want us to listen to them. But the Bible says that, you know, how we can tell the difference. Mm-hmm. In Deuteronomy chapter 13, verses 1 to 5, these, these verses tell us the characteristics of false prophets. You want me to read them? A prophet or an interpreter of dreams, the Bible says, may promise a miracle or a wonder in order to lead you to worship and serve gods that you have not worshipped before. Even if what he promises comes true, verse 3 says, do not pay any attention to him. Isn't that interesting? Mm. Even if what he says comes true. And most Mm. people would say a prophet is true if what their word says happens. But the Bible says, don't pay attention. The Lord your God is using him 
to test you to see if you love the Lord with all your heart. Verse 4, follow the Lord and honor him, obey him and keep his commands, worship him and be faithful to him. However, to however, put to death any interpreter of dreams or prophet that tells you to rebel against the Lord who rescued you from Egypt where you were slaves. Such a man is evil and is trying to lead you away from the life that the Lord has commanded you to live. And uh, he goes on and says, rid yourselves of this evil. That's very powerful, isn't it? Um, there are a number of characteristics that we just pulled out of the text there. Um, i just share some if you see any, you want to share Go them. That both true and false prophets, they come from among God's people. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting because Jesus spoke of the Antichrist power coming from within. Yes. Um, we, we know that because the term that Jesus used for, for Judas um, was the same term that the Apostle Paul in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, used to talk about the man of sin, you know, mm-hmm. or, or the Antichrist. And um, so we have, we know that it's from within because Judas was from within. True. So, yeah, so that's really, really interesting. It is. Uh, another thing is that the false prophet will perform signs and wonders as evidence to say that what they say is true. Mm-hmm. So you can't actually look at a person's, uh, look at the signs and wonders and say, ah, this is evidence of a true prophet or a false prophet. Yep. Uh, false prophets encourage God's people to practice false worship. That's very important mm, to remember. Yes, very important. Um, particularly when we think about the final crisis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we've said many times here, Revelation 13, the word that's key in those chapters that's repeated over and over again in Revelation 13 and 14, worship. Worship. The final crisis. Eight times it's repeated. And then the false prophet seeks to entice people to break God's commandments, mm-hmm. to have no regard for obedience to God. They entice the faithful away from the Lord. And then, um, yeah, so we've said that. On the other hand, the true prophet will rebuke sin, teaches people to walk after God's commandments and hold fast to him. So there's some pretty clear characteristics here that the Bible brings out. Um Perhaps you could comment a little bit about the role of a true prophet. We've talked about false prophets, yeah. so do you want yeah. to elaborate a bit more on that? Sure. Well, look, a true prophet, um, in essence, uh, God gave the gift of prophecy to individuals. And as far as Scripture is concerned, we understand that Enoch, you know, he prophesied um, according, to, according to the book of Jude. He was a prophet. Um, but when God could no longer communicate with Adam and Eve face-to-face because of sin, God sent um, Adam and Eve and, and, and you know all their generations, um, prophets, including Noah. Noah was a prophet. He prophesied. So God spoke through these individuals. Now, a true prophet, to put it in simple terms, a true prophet is a prophet that speaks the words from God on behalf of God as God has given them for him to speak or for her to speak because God raised up both men and women as prophets. In the Old and New Testament, you can find that. To speak as God has said to speak. Mm-hmm. Because there are many false prophets that that would would speak pretending to be speaking in the name of God, but they were speaking of their own accord. And so if you're not speaking in the name of God, you're not really even speaking of your own accord. You're speaking on behalf of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus said either you're with me or you're against me. True. So, so that's what a true prophet is, you know. So, there's obviously there's miracles um, that that true prophets can perform. They also prophesy. There's um, fruitage of their lives, how they live their lives. But the big one is 
Are they calling the people to follow God and his word, and in particular his commandments, or are they not? That is the bottom line. That's kind of like the, 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 you know, the line in the sand. So if, some, if someone's encouraging us to do something contrary to what God's commanded, they're clearly a false prophet. Well, I mean, Isaiah 8.20, it says, To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Yes, very, very true. So the law and the testimony, that's all of and Scripture. The testimony is including this, the prophets. That's right. God's gift of that's prophecy. That's right. That's right. That's powerful. Um, in, you know, Jesus himself said some things about prophets. And um, in Matthew chapter 7, 15 and 16, and also verses 21 to 23, maybe I can just read this. There's mm-hmm. some similar themes um, coming through here, like what you just mentioned. Jesus said, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. That's interesting. Mm. But inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. You Mm. will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Verse 22 of Matthew chapter 7. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, Mm. cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name, And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Again, that theme, false prophets encourage people to transgress his law, God's law. They they may perform signs and wonders as the evidence that that they should be considered true. But they are not doing the will of God in heaven, and they they even prophesy in the name of Jesus. Mm. It's so deceptive. We we have to really be studying God's word, walking with Jesus, looking up every day to Him in order to not be deceived um, by these false prophets that Jesus says to be aware of. It's interesting um, that verse twenty two you have you have these three interesting items. You've got those who prophesy yep. in, in the name of Christ. They cast out demons. Okay, that's the miraculous as well. In your name yes. and done many wonders. So once again, the miraculous in your name. Yeah. So these are all there present in Revelation 13. Signs and wonders. Matthew 24, we read about it. Signs and wonders. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Signs and wonders. You know, so all the way through we have miracles, signs and wonders. And what did the... You know, I think of Matthew 16, mm. verses 1 to 4. I won't read it, but there, you know, the religious leaders uh, say to Jesus, give us a sign that mm-hmm. you are mm-hmm. the Messiah. Send, give us a sign from heaven. Yeah. It's interesting. They want a sign from heaven. Revelation 13, fire comes down from heaven and deceives them mm. at the end of time. So these signs and wonders, and today we're living in a day and age in Christianity where signs and wonders is seen as direct evidence that this is from God. That's right. And even, I mean, not just in Christianity, but atheists, you know, people who do not believe in God, I think they would be more convinced by a sign or a wonder than sometimes Absolutely. You know, other things. And so, yeah, it's interesting. So the world's really been set up. We talked about it earlier, about spiritualism. You know, signs, wonders, miracles, you know, magic and so on and so forth. And it's interesting that the United States government has um, been doing some investigation into UFO, you know, the UFO phenomena, and they have said they believe that there are non-human UFOs out there. Yes. Non-human. So this is setting things up for, you know, Satan to work in a mighty way through these non-human 
extraterrestrial UFOs. Fascinating you say that because that was my next thought right there was that, um, you know, the crowning act of Satan's deception mm-hmm. will be his impersonation of the coming of Jesus. That's right. That will be. And huge... we know that from Matthew 24. We do? Yeah, we do. It says there in Matthew 24, <coughs> you read verse 24. Yes. But um, it goes, you know, verse 25, see, I've told you beforehand. Verse 26, here it is. Check this yes, out. Yes. Therefore, Jesus says, if they say to you, look, he. Singular. Singular, capital H, that's speaking of Jesus Christ. He, so this is the impersonation of Satan, of Jesus Christ. He is in the desert. Do not go out or look. He is in the inner rooms. Do not believe it. For as lightning comes from the east and so on and goes on. Um, So Jesus told us very clearly that Satan would seek to impersonate him. Mm -hmm. But he will not be able to impersonate the manner of his coming. No. But he will seek to impersonate Christ and some of the things that he said and so on and so forth. And he's going to mix truth and error, which he did with Adam and Eve, which he did with Eve wow. in the garden. He mixed truth and error. And how did Satan deceive Eve? Through the serpent, through a medium. Mm. How will Satan seek to deceive the world? Through a medium, through sorcery. Revelation eighteen twenty three. it says he deceives the world through sorcery. Wow. You know, you look up that word sorcery in the Strong's Concordance, it means magic. It means, yeah, sorcery. It means witchcraft. And it also, you know, the word is pharmakia, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where we get the word medication from or pharmacy. So it's really, really fascinating how, how spiritualism, this is so important for us to know what the Bible teaches. Otherwise, we are going to be sitting ducks. That's right. I have a little more to say on that, but I think we'll have to share it after this uh, Oh, There's never song. enough time. So we've got a song coming up, folk. Um, the Lockwoods, God Moves in a Mysterious Way. So we need, to be, we need to be aware that God performs miracles through his servants and Satan also performs miracles through his servants. And we need to know the difference. And the scriptures are the only safeguard to knowing the truth. So sit back and listen to this beautiful song, God Moves in a Mysterious Way, and we'll be back after that. God moves in a mysterious way, His wonders to perform. He plants His footsteps in the sea and rides
to Faith FM, Positively Different Radio. You look stressed. I am. The cost of living these days is making it so hard to get ahead. It sure is. Did you know you could really cut your weekly food costs down by visiting the Hamilton Food Pantry? There are two options, actually. Every Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m., there's a way to get low-cost groceries at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church in a shop-style setting. And then on Fridays from 10 to 11, there's free fruit, veg and bread and $5 hampers at the Hamilton South Community Hall, 29 Fowler Street, Hamilton. Oh, wow. That would be such a help. I'm going to head there this week. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. We're in our final leg, Sharissa. Can you believe it? We are in our final. Very where, did, where did the time go? Where did the time go? Um, yeah. We can listen back and work it out. We can. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I should do the listening. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, we're, 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 we've been having a great Bible study. We spent a bit of time on, on current events in we light did. of Bible prophecy. There was a, there's, there's some like Titanic stuff going on, isn't there? That was there? really so, interesting. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, over to you, Sharissa. All right. So we've been talking about... Um, yeah, the, we were just talking about the impersonation of Christ mm. coming by Satan. And uh, I wanted to just mention something. It's just, just by way of interest on that note. In Second Thessalonians, the Bible talks about it in chapter 2, verse 9. It says, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Um, it's interesting there the word for coming is parousia, which is the mm. same word that we find in Matthew chapter 24, verse 3, when the disciples ask Jesus, mm-hmm. what will be the sign of your coming? Mm. And uh, it's also interesting that, you know, the coming of Satan with signs and wonders, mm. you know, this talking about about this false prophet and everything, could it be that this this false coming of of Jesus, Satan impersonating the coming of Christ, will be one that will sweep the world off its feet? Yeah, and uh, yeah, fascinating. It's interesting that Satan will impersonate Christ through signs and wonders, and Christ's coming is through signs and wonders as well. True, according to Matthew twenty four. So the only way we know the difference between the two is through the scriptures. Amen. The scriptures are our only safeguard, our only safeguard. Now, what's interesting, um, we don't have time to really look at all the scriptures, um, but before the first destruction of Jerusalem in 586 BC, um, God sent true prophets such as Jeremiah, 
who warned the people regarding what was coming. And the people were just not interested in listening to Jeremiah, who was a true prophet, who was even thrown in a dungeon. And you have instead, you have the people listening to a whole host of false prophets that Satan raised up to say, no, Jerusalem will not be surrounded. It will not be destroyed by the Babylonians. There will be peace and safety. We're going to live happily ever after. Eat, drink, and be merry. You don't need to worry, my friends. Just enjoy life. That's what happened before the first destruction of Jerusalem. There were true prophets that God raised up, and there were false prophets as well. And there's and there's many, many scriptures in connection with that. I'll just give you a couple. Jeremiah 26, verses 4 to 6, for those who are writing uh, these down. Um, Jeremiah 35, 15, and 16 is another one. Jeremiah 32, 31 to 35 is another one. And so there are many. You can just read through the book of Jeremiah. Also, also before the second destruction of Jerusalem, Sharissa, mm-hmm. God raised up true prophet in, in, in the ultimate prophet, who was Jesus Christ. You know, not that he's a prophet, like a human prophet, but the Bible refers to him. You know, Jesus said, you know, uh, Jonah the prophet, but there's one greater than Jonah who has arisen speaking of himself, so Jesus gave them warnings. Mm. They didn't listen to his warnings, sadly, apart from the Christians that took his word seriously, who fled at the right time, and there were other false prophets that arose before the second destruction of Jerusalem and the temple in 70 AD, and they prophesied falsely, just as Jesus said would happen. Amazing. And so history is repeating, and history will repeat at the end of time. Yes, it does. It does repeat itself at the end of time. That's probably where we should spend the last 10 minutes Mm -hmm. of uh, this segment here, talking about what is said about the false prophet, a false prophet in the book of Revelation. It's interesting, in the book of Revelation, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the spirit of prophecy, without exception, it uses the word prophets, in the plural, to refer to true prophets. But there is also three times the word prophet is mentioned in a singular form, Mm -hmm. and each time it's all related in the context of the false prophet. Mm -hmm. And I guess the question we would want to know is, is this this false prophet in Revelation, is it an individual person or is it a system? Mm-hmm. Is it a symbol for a system? Who is the false prophet? Does the false prophet claim to be Christian? What other characteristics mm, can we Yeah, define? they're the important questions we need to unpack. So, All right. So what are your thoughts? Well, let's see what the Bible says. Okay. Um, do you want to read for us Revelation 16, <coughs> verse 13 and 14? Sure. Okay. So this is Revelation 16, verse 13 and 14. This is the sixth plague in the context of the sixth in the sixth of the seven plagues, mm-hmm. it says, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Wow. Babylon made up of three parts, mm-hmm. dragon, the beast, and the false Prophet, mm-hmm. fascinating, a trilogy of error. So, how do we understand this? Like, we've we've heard the, we've heard about the dragon before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met the dragon in Revelation chapter twelve. That's right. Um, and there, it was a symbol for Satan working through Rome. So, Satan primarily, yes. um, he is the dragon, but he also worked through Rome because we have that in Revelation twelve, okay. where the dragon seeks to destroy the, the child, Jesus Christ, and we know that Satan worked through 
pagan Rome to seek to destroy. So, so the the dragon can also represent the kingdoms, nations, um, like political power mm-hmm. and spiritualism. So we got course. the dragon. Yep. Then there's the beast power, the beast that rises from the sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking with someone about this yesterday. They said, could it be something else? It's in Revelation 13, verse Revelation 1 13, to 10. Yeah. 1 to 10. They said, could it be, you know, something else than what we've said it here before. And I said, well, if you join the dots, it's an unmistakable conclusion. Oh, you, absolutely. Just, you just can't escape it. It's a symbol for the Roman church-state system of That's the right, Dark the Ages. Roman papacy. Yeah. Roman papacy. And then in the second half of Revelation chapter 13, mm-hmm. we know that there's this beast that rises from the earth. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some important descriptions of that beast. What were they? Well, this beast is lamb-like in appearance huh? to begin uh-huh. with. Uh, but it speaks like a dragon. So it has two horns, like yep. a lamb. Um, it comes up out of the earth, mm-hmm. and it comes up at a time when the first beast receives its deadly wound, which was in 1798. So a kingdom, a power, a nation that arises around 1798, and that, of course, is the United States of America. Okay. There's no other power that it could be yep. Yep. in Revelation 13. Verses so 11 to 18. In, tro- in chapters 12 and 13, we have this, tr- this trio of dragon, sea beast, and earth beast. Mm-hmm. Then you go to Revelation 16, 13, where it talks about the false prophet, and it's dragon, sea beast, and false, false prophet. prophet. Mm-hmm. And then I guess you could say there's a pretty clear parallel between the two, isn't there? There is. So, And there's one more scripture if you wanted to read in Revelation 19, 20. Yeah, um, please go ahead. You want me to do that one? Yeah. All right. It says, Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, so there it is again, who works signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. So you've got the beast and the false prophet there once again. Amazing. So if we put all this together, we know that a beast does not represent any singular person. It has to represent a nation. So therefore, this false prophet is not talking about an individual. It's talking about something much more than an individual, isn't it? It's talking about a political end-time power. That's right. And uh, in this line of thought, then the false prophet is claiming to be Christian mm-hmm. while it acts contrary mm-hmm. to its profession. Yeah, and that's how it's always been. True. That's how it's always been down through history. False prophets have always spoken supposedly in the name of God because that's how mm-hmm. deception works. Mm-hmm. You don't have a fifteen dollar, you know, bill. Huh. You don't have a fifteen count dollar counterfeit bill or a yep. twenty five dollar counterfeit bill. You got a ten exactly because you don't have the legit. Yep. So the false is always close, very, very close to the to the true, but it is false because it leads people away from the word of God, away from his commandments. And this is fascinating because in Revelation 13, you know, there's, the sea beast will receive worship mm-hmm. from the world. And the land beast forces the world to worship the sea beast who receives its power from the dragon. So it's like a spokesperson. Exactly. The false prophet, the, the earth beast, is a spokesperson exactly. for the first beast. Yeah. The false prophet is, yeah, is the spokesperson. It's the, uh, the, the one that does um, all the bidding on behalf of the sea beast, which is the Roman Pope. So the United States of America, to put it in simple language, the United States of America will pave the way 
for the Roman papacy's agenda to be rolled out around the world. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Which ultimately is Satan's agenda because Satan has always sought worship. Yep. That's how the first war in heaven began. It began over worship. He wanted to be worshipped like yes. God. Yes. He wanted to be equal with God. That's Isaiah 14. And so that has always been his aim. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So I guess if we were to summarize what we've what we've seen, because, you know, this the earth beast, it doesn't actually do what it wants. It really does what That's the right. sea beast wants. Um, we could just put together these points. It will speak like a dragon, and we've seen mm-hmm. already the dragons are simple for Rome, but both pagan and papal. It exercises all the authority of the first beast, mm-hmm. sea beast. It commands every person on, wor- on earth to worship the first beast. Mm-hmm. It performs all the signs. Sorry, it performs all of its actions in the presence of the first beast, and it makes an image to the first beast and to its honor. So a okay. copy, a copy, a replica. So, so you know, it talks about the image of the beast. You know, yeah. in Revelation, and the image of the beast is uh, a direct replica of what happened in the Dark Ages when church and state united. That's mm. the image of the beast: church yeah. and state That's its uniting. That's principal characteristic. That's the principal characteristic of what this image of the beast is. This image. And this false prophet will be instrumental in imposing the mark of the beast. That's right. That's right, and you can only impose a religious um, order if church and state unite. Because, I mean, at the moment, the government can't tell you how to worship, when to worship, why to worship, and who to worship. The government can't do that in the West, in the United States of America. I mean, the First first Amendment of the Constitution, you know, know, Congress shall make no law concerning the establishment of religion or the prohibiting of uh, of religion and thereof. So it's not on the cards at the moment, but the day is coming when it will, and there's more and more noise in that space. Amazing. Well, the final thing here that I'll just put on the table is that this false prophet of Revelation works signs and wonders in the presence of the first beast, and in the purpose of these signs is to deceive people into worshipping the first beast, and to receive the mark of the beast. And if we remember that mosaic legislation referred to false prophets performing signs and wonders and at the same time leading Israel to transgress God's law, Mm. we can expect that the false prophet of Revelation will also encourage the world to do the same. Exactly. And that is why in Revelation 12, 17, Revelation 14, verse 12, and Revelation 22, verse 14, the commandments are front and center. Who is the dragon angry with in Revelation twelve seventeen? It says, it says, and the dragon was wroth with the woman, and he went to make war with the remnant or the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. What's the testimony of Jesus Christ? Spirit of prophecy. Spirit of prophecy. The true gift of prophecy at the end of time. Wow. So Satan's attack is on those who keep God's Ten Commandments, which is a transcript of his character, which is the foundation of his government, which is really uh, a summary of the entire scriptures and the truth about the spirit of prophecy, God's end-time prophetic gift. Amazing. So that is where his, his focus is. And so when we have false prophet here, front and center at the end of time, we are not to be surprised because Satan's attack is on the spirit of prophecy, the genuine, biblical, godly spirit of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's right there, Amen. staring at us in our face. <sighs> this is amazing stuff. And, you know, if you look at the Ten Commandments, the two longest commandments are mm-hmm. the ones that have to do with um, do not make idols mm-hmm. and remember the Sabbath day to mm-hmm. keep it holy. Could it be at the end of time there will be an idol Sabbath that will be introduced, will be. false worship, you know, in there the place of true worship, mm. 
And this false prophet is going to say, hey, this is what we should be doing. Indeed, indeed. Jesus said, when you see all these things, look up because your redemption is drawing near. And um, when we see these things being fulfilled, which we are Mm -hmm. seeing the beginnings of, we can clearly see that Jesus is coming soon. Well, folk, um, we'll be back in just a little bit. Listen to this beautiful song, How Firm a Foundation, from Chelsea Moon and the Franz Brothers. So enjoy this.
Well, we're definitely now in the home straight. We are <laughs> heading to the tape, Sharissa. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's been another exciting journey today. Time has flown by as always. Yes. And, um, yeah, what a, what a great study. Um, looking at, um, yeah, what, what Revelation speaks of, what Jesus spoke of when he talked about false prophets. You know, the most probably exciting thing about it for me is that when Jesus says there are false prophets, it means there are true. Mm. There is a true gift of prophecy, there and is. that's that gift that is such a blessing. And mm. it will just, when we study God's word and we, you know, see what he has to say and, and his true gift of prophecy, it will really enhance our lives and prepare us for Jesus' coming. Indeed, indeed. And so we thank God that he hasn't left us um, without, without assurance. He hasn't left us without the truth. We have his word. Um, we've got the genuine gift of prophecy, Amen. which he said his church would have, his people would have at the end of time in Revelation twelve seventeen. And so we're blessed. And I see the gift of prophecy helping us navigate through those final tumultuous moments in human history. It's just like, you know, you're traveling um, on a road. You're traveling from, from Sydney to, to Melbourne. And on the freeway, you don't need to worry too much about your GPS. There's signs and so forth. But as you get into Melbourne itself, you need that GPS working overtime because, you know, there's a lot more involved and there's streets and so on and so forth. So the gift of prophecy really helps us understand where we are, how we can navigate through through these times. And once again, that book, The Great Controversy Folk, it's, yes. it's the best book outside of Scripture, outside of the prophecies we find in the book of Revelation and Matthew and so forth and Daniel and other parts. It's the best book on Bible prophecy because it also it gives you, uh, it gives you like a systematic linear um, you know, uh, understanding of, 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 of where we are, where things are going and how we can share with people in a confident, in a confident way. Amen. Absolutely. So do you have any final thoughts, Sharissa? Oh, my just encouragement to all of our listeners would be to really get into God's Word for yourself. Study it and be richly blessed. Mm. Let your faith be strengthened in Christ because that is what will carry us through. He will, he's the only one mm, and His amen. Word, the only things that we have that will carry us through to prepare us for His soon return. Amen, amen. And um, yeah, for me... You know, I think of I think of what Jesus said to John, the Revelator, in the last chapter of Revelation, chapter twenty-two. He said, "There, you know, um, I'm coming, I'm coming quickly. You know, I'm coming quickly." And the third time, he said, "Surely, I am coming quickly." And John, you know, he responds after after seeing that vision, that incredible vision that the Lord gave him on the Lord's day, on the mm-hmm, Sabbath, mm-hmm. the day of worship. Yes, and he says, "Even so." Come, Lord Jesus. And he finishes off by saying, you know, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. You know, and um, and that's my prayer for everyone. As we draw nearer to the coming of Jesus, it's wonderful to know that soon he'll be here and um, we'll be going home mm. to a place where there's no more sin, suffering and sorrow. Amen. I don't know if you want, to have a, you want to have a prayer, my friend. Sure, let's pray. Our wonderful Father in heaven, we thank you for your word, which is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We thank you, Lord, for prophecy and for the words of Jesus that have told us to be aware of these things, not to be scared, but so that we can be prepared and so that we can keep our eyes fixed on you. We pray for every listener. We ask, Lord, that you would bless them as they study the Bible. Lead us and guide us and prepare us for your soon return. 
Keep us looking up, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Yes, indeed, folk. Keep looking up. Just a reminder, we've got the Drive Time Show all the way from Adelaide coming straight after this program. So do stay stay um, in tune with that and you'll be blessed. And don't forget, every Thursday afternoon, 3.30 to 5.30, afternoons with Shell, you'll be thoroughly amen. blessed. Tomorrow. That's Thursday. Yeah. Tomorrow. 3.30, tune in again, and Shell will bless you with her with her show. So just remember, folks, fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always looks up. Keep looking up, my friends. Jesus is coming soon. Let's get the message out there. God bless. Until next week. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares He will cast Into the depths of the sea His love is always there for